Thanks for joining us for this message from Shades Valley Community Church in Homewood, Alabama. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Shades Valley and its ministries, you can visit us at shadesvalley.org. Gracious Heavenly Father, I pray now that your spirit would fall on everyone in this room, that you would fill our hearts, that we may see Jesus that we may know him and experience his presence. Do your work for the glory of the Father. It is in the triune God's name we pray, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. I've had this kind of imaginary conversation in my head this week between, I don't know, two co-workers. The first one says, how was your Valentine's Day? The person responds, ah, it was okay. We're not really big Valentine's Day people, so we just got takeout and watched a Netflix show. What about you? The other person responds, I'm glad you asked. We gathered with our covenant community, people that we've bound ourselves to. We walked into the room. It was dark, quiet. After several moments, we proceeded to the front of the room where one of the leaders of the community took ash and he smeared it on my head. He then looked at my wife and child and he smeared ash on their head as well. And then, with seriousness and a solemnness in his voice, he told us all that we were going to die. So that being said, it was a pretty good Valentine's Day. Welcome to the start of the strange season that we call Lent with the strange service that we call Ash Wednesday. Lent, what was originally a time to prepare candidates for baptism, um, has become a period for the church to practice self-examination, fasting, repentance. It's become a time for those who are already baptized to reflect. It's become a way uh, that the church prepares for Easter, uh, the ancient church, when it read the scripture, saw something. It saw that the only way to properly prepare for the joy of Easter is by looking sin and death in the face. Isn't that interesting? Um, so so this, this evening, as we start the season of Lent, um, I want to invite us all as participants into the practices of Lent, into the practices, these ancient practices that we have inherited from the scriptures and from those who have come before us. Um, now, I think it needs to be said that we're invited into Lent's practices not to placate an angry God or to perform for a demanding God, or to prove something for a disappointed God. 
but rather to commune with Jesus. And if we don't get that from the beginning, then we miss what these practices are offering. And that is the presence of Jesus Christ. And so, what are these practices of Lent that I am inviting us all into this evening, that I'm getting us to ponder together, even in this service? Well, they are, one, self-examination and repentance. Two, fasting and prayer. And three, meditation on Scripture. And so I want to go through each one, one at a time, uh, to get you to begin thinking about these practices, um, to begin to stir your imaginations. And, and my prayer is that as I'm doing this, the Holy Spirit would begin to move in your hearts and show you, right, um, what the Lord desires of you for this Lenten season, right? And so first, self-examination and repentance. So I don't know what you hear when I say self-examination, right? I don't know if you feel like you're getting called into the principal's office, except the principal is yourself, <laughs> and you are meaner to yourself than any principal could ever be, right? I don't know if that's the image that gets conjured up, right? Um, what I want to invite you into is, is what I'm calling um, self-examination in Christ by the Spirit. Self-examination in Christ by the Spirit, right? Um, we see this practice Throughout church history, we also see in the scriptures, and I think we see it most powerfully, where? Um, in the Psalms, right? How about Psalm 42? Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? What about Psalm 139? Search me, O God, and know my heart. So the self-examination in Christ by the Spirit is not to go down the road of despair. It's not to go down the road of shame. It's not to go down the road of beating ourselves up so that we feel better about ourselves, right? No, this self-examination is a way in which we can, one, know ourselves and bring our entire being before God. To bring the, the deepest parts of who we are, to bring our entire selves before him so that we might be examined, all right? In, in, in Scripture, self-examination leads to the practice of repentance. And once again, I, I don't know because we all come from different church backgrounds and we, we bring different baggage 
You know, I'm thinking of someone that, that comes from a fundamentalist background where the preacher is just yelling to repent, right? I mean, I'm just very mindful of these things, that none of us come in as clean slates. Um, repentance is a beautiful thing because repentance is simply turning from sin, which brings death, to Christ, which is life, right? It's to commune with him. And so my question is, what could self-examination look like for you in this Lenten season? And maybe you need someone to sit with you because you can't do this type of self-examination in Christ by the Spirit. Self-examination in repentance, which ends in communion with Christ, the first practice. The second practice, right? Fasting and prayer. Okay, so my shot at a definition Actually, that's not true. I stole this from someone. I'm not going to give him credit, though. I don't remember their name, to be fair. Um, But Christian fasting is simply the voluntary denial of something, food, or otherwise, for a specific period of time for a biblical purpose, right? I love a good broad definition. Um, Jesus reveals in, in Matthew 9 the time to fast, and when is that time? The time is now. Um, in between his first and his second coming. And fasting, I mean, it does several things, but one of the things that it does is it has a way of expressing the groaning that we have in our heart. And what is that groaning? That groaning is, come, Lord Jesus. Nothing else will do. Nothing else will satisfy. We need you. And fasting has a way of, of bringing our, our minds and our bodies and our souls to that place of realization that, ah, oh, yes, we desperately need Jesus. Fasting does something else. It also makes space, right? Um, and so when we fast, we're not just sitting there going, oh, this sucks, oh, this sucks, right? Even though that's part of what we're probably going to do, right? But fasting make space so we go, oh, I'm missing this thing, and it's uh, a reminder to us, ah, now is the time for me to pray. Now is the time for me to read scripture. Now is the time for me to come before the Lord. Now is the time for me to reach out to someone else. Now is the time for me to serve the poor. These are all practices that the church has done, right? Um, And fasting makes space for prayer, fasting and prayer, right? So, What would it look like? And this is going to be different for us all. And and fasting does not need to be entered into lightly, right? There needs to be discernment. I'd love for it to be a conversation had within community. But but what does it look like for you, right, this season to enter in fasting and prayer? Okay, last one. Meditation on Scripture. Once again, uh, you go to the Psalms and you find a treasure treasure trove. That's tough to say at the end of a long day. Treasure trove. Psalm 77. I ponder all your work. I meditate on your mighty deeds. Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. It is my what? Meditation all the day. Psalm 145. Oh, the glorious splendor of your majesty on your wondrous works. I will what? Meditate right? 
in our age where we are constantly distracted, where we are constantly moving, where we constantly have a screen in front of us, and I'm talking to myself, right? We desperately, desperately need to recover the Christian practice of meditation, right? Grant had us do it this past Sunday, meditating on Scripture, right? Not just reading Scripture, but, but sitting with it and, and meditating on it, right? And I hated it. My mind was wandering all over the place, right? I even felt a little uncomfortable. Ooh, it's so quiet, right? Can we put some music? John Mark, play guitar, right? Because to sit in silence is challenging, but to sit in silence with the truths of Scripture there's nothing like it. What would it be like for you to sit for an hour, maybe an hour is too crazy, 20 minutes meditating on the truth that the Lord delights in you? That you are a beloved son and daughter of the king. What would it be like to look at your failures, and to meditate on the reality that they do not define you. For 20 minutes, for an hour, meditating on the truths of Scripture, right? This is a season that gets us to pause, right? To pause, to slow down, and to create space. Why? So we can prove to God that we love Him. Why? So we can say, we're really good Christians. Look what we did at Lent, right? No, so we can commune with Jesus. And that is what we desperately need. That is what we desperately need. So what would it look like for you to meditate on the truths of Scripture in this Lenten season? But tonight, as Jonathan has already said, before we can consider or do any of these practices, right, um, we begin with the practice of receiving the imposition of ashes. Um, and I love, you know, Jonathan pointed out Genesis 3, that we say, from dust you came to dust you shall return. What I love about this is that this is not just some vague kind of reflection on death that anyone could have. No, this is a distinctly Christian reflection on death. Why is that? Because it shows that sin and death are partners. And that's good news, right? Because it means that sin and death are alien to God's creation. They are not natural. They are not things to just merely be accepted. They are enemies, and the beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he has gone before us and he has defeated our enemies. And so we take the ashes as an act of faith this evening, right? And as the ashes form the sign of the cross, we, at the beginning of this season, as we prepare the way for Easter, acknowledge a kind of subtle rebellion against death and sin. And we acknowledge that there is one that has gone before us 
so we can gather on Valentine's Day to talk about sin and to reflect on death, and we can leave with peace and joy. How beautiful the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're invited to come up this evening, you and your family. There will be three of us here standing around the communion table as we worship in the back half. You're invited to come. You don't have to, right, Um, and receive the imposition of ashes. And you're invited to reflect, right, on this season in what ways God is calling you to enter in so that you may commune with Jesus. in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Amen.